Welcome to 10-5, the official podcast of the OPP Association. I'm Scott Mills. And I'm Josh Jutras. We are the Strategic Communications Coordinators for the OPP Association and your hosts for the 10-5 podcast, the official podcast of the OPP Association. The OPP Association is the sole bargaining agent for close to 10,000 members of the Ontario Provincial Police in Canada. Our members are our focus and our strength. We aim to provide important information to our members and the public about matters that affect policing in the province of Ontario. And on this episode, we've got a special guest. OPP Commissioner Thomas Carrick joins OPP Association President Rob Stinson. And on this episode, we cover the 2021 Year in Review. Thank you, Josh and Scott. It's certainly a pleasure to be with you here today. What a great opportunity to wish greetings to all of our members for the holiday season. Thank you, Josh and Scott. It's been a while and it's nice to be back. While we were trying to coordinate the time to record this podcast, I couldn't believe that it's been over six months since we have successfully launched the podcast. And thanks to you two gentlemen and a great job for recording over 30 podcasts to date. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. It's nice of you to say, and uh, it's a real honor to be able to have the commissioner on here and you, and uh, it's uh, it's been quite a journey here, and we appreciate you taking the time today. So our format is generally rapid-fired questions for our guests, and uh, we've compiled a number of topics uh, to discuss today, including staffing levels in the OPP, the wearing of ball caps by OPP officers, shortage of OPP cruisers throughout the province, the dreaded COVID-19 issues, and the importance of attendance at police memorials, as well as mental health. And Rob, I wanted to start with you and start with the podcast. And like you said, we're uh, just about six months in since the launch of the podcast. We're coming up on 30 episodes and nearly 15,000 downloads, uh, all done with no ads and organic growth. Just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, on this podcast after six months. I just, as I said, when we launched the podcast back in June, we need to be able to reach out to our members with timely, interesting, and relevant information on a regular basis. And launching the podcast every Friday has done just that. Traditionally, we wouldn't talk in public about a lot of the issues that our members face. And the mainstream media doesn't cover a lot of good things that our members do. A lot of people listen to podcasts this day and age. So what a great opportunity to get the information out there. I'm more than happy with the feedback that I've received. And again, to the great job that the two of you have done. Like I stated earlier, congratulations to both of you on the success of 10-5 and I'm looking forward to the future. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Uh, Commissioner Karik, um, I must say uh, that uh, you're one of the best orators I've heard. And, and I actually heard you uh, speak a long time before your OPP commissioner. I, I was actually, the first time I heard you speak was up on Parliament Hill at, uh, at the Canadian Police and Peace Officers Memorial. So we're really looking forward to having you on the podcast. And first questions to you, what are your thoughts on using a podcast for a public medium of communication for our members and the public? I think it's an outstanding initiative and my compliments to the president, to, to you and to, uh, to Josh Scott 
Um, I think you've done a fantastic job to hear that you've had close to 15,000 downloads. Uh, that is a significant impact and you've highlighted all the benefits to this. It's getting timely information to our members on the things that are of the most interest to them and getting it into a, a format that is easily digestible, it's entertaining, it's, it's information that's available to them when they want it and they know where to find it. So hats off, what a fantastic initiative and I'm glad to have been able to, uh, to support it with a few of our members also contributing to a number of your episodes and very pleased to join you here this afternoon. And thank you for that, sir. And we, we do appreciate uh, the support uh, that the OPP has given the podcast. And like you said, we have had a few OPP personnel on the show and it's uh, been great to have them. And we look forward to uh, that collaborative approach to the podcast as we're moving forward. That said, we've had, um, we have had a couple of controversial topics on the podcast. And I went in before we uh, went to air today and noticed that our episode on staffing, one of the episodes on staffing, was actually the most listened to episode of the entire series. So I'd love to get your perspective on current staffing issues in the OPP right now. Absolutely, Josh. And I'm not surprised to hear that it is your most popular podcast and most listened to podcast. We are a, a policing, uh, as a police organization, we are, we are a people business and we require officers to deliver our services. And the community relies on our officers for the safety and security of this province. And staffing and appropriate staffing levels need to be our top priority. And it has been my top priority uh, since coming to the OPP in 2019. We worked very closely with the Ontario Provincial Police Association and got the support of our ministry to see the reinvestment of 200 vacant constable positions, uh, which we felt was going to take us two years to fill. We've been able to fill those and more in the last 14 months. Uh, we've made a commitment to hiring classes of 135 provincial constables for the last four intakes and for the foreseeable future. It is my intent to continue to hire at that rate as long as we can identify a, a right number of competent, qualified candidates. We need to be mindful of the capacity of the Ontario Police College to train them, the capacity of having coach officers to, uh, to orientate them once they're in the field. We've benefited greatly from the work done right across this organization, from provincial constables up to chief superintendents and in partnership with the Ontario Provincial Police Association to establish a working group that looked at staffing across the organization, identified the areas that were in the most critical need for staff, our lowest staff detachment from an operational availability standpoint was sitting at 53% when we started our work. Um, today, that same detachment is up over 70%. And our goal is to get all detachments up over 80%. And when I talk about operational availability, I think it's important to make the distinction. Um, we're not managing to a financial FTE. We are actually looking at what our critical vacancies are. What is the availability rate of our front line and that's where we're assigning our recruits 
with every class and every class for the foreseeable future. We've got a multi-year plan that we've proposed uh, that will look at restaffing our front line over a number of years right across the, the province. And we hope in the next few weeks that we'll have some indication as to the approval process through the multi-year planning. But we're very excited uh, about the opportunity that we see before us to rebuild the staffing at the front line, making that our priority, making it sustainable. Our officers deserve to work with the right number of people every day, responding to the critical calls that they face and, and manage on behalf of the citizens of our province. Well, thanks uh, Commissioner for that response. Uh, this one's for you, Rob. Uh, when you were campaigning for the OPP Association president job just over a year ago, staffing was the number one priority uh, on your list. And Rob, do you have any follow-up to the staffing issues uh, comments uh, in the OPP by the commissioner today? Yeah, I just want to say that uh, thanks to the commissioner for the comprehensive answer in the staffing issues, we have gone from 50% up to 70% in most of the detachments across the province, which is a great move in the right direction. And we're only going to do better as we continue on with uh, filling the courses with up to 100, an average of 140 recruits per course. So that's going to be good for our frontline members. It's a complicated situation with staffing levels though. And uh, we can only recruit so fast. The OPP is trying to address our shortages as quickly as possible, but we can only fill so many seats at uh, the Ontario Police College. And like I said, we're doing the 140 seats uh, per course, which is three times a year. So our staffing levels for the front line are coming up. The OPP Association uh, has been at the table the entire time advocating for staffing um, levels to increase. I'd just like to take this time to thank retired uh, Director Jason Cull for his tireless work to address the staffing issue. Um, we can't address the issue without proper data. Our members have been very good at uh, completing our staffing shortages forms and submitting them to the OPP head office here in Barrie. Um, together we have the data to support the shortages and um, working collaboratively with the employer they see the shortages and the commissioner just admitted the, to that and he's never been in denial that we need the front line to be enhanced and we've been working really hard to do that. So um, yeah, we'll just keep, keep the advocating for our frontline members um, with the collaborative efforts between us, the employer and the government and hopefully our staffing levels will continue to increase. Uh, Commissioner, I want to move on to uh, something that was a bit of a topic at the uh, annual general meeting, and uh, specifically that's ball caps. And uh, earlier this year, you authorized uh, ball caps with the uniform. I was wondering if you could uh, explain the rationale behind that decision. Yeah, absolutely, Josh. That's a, a just a simple case of listening to our members as to what was important to them and why it was important to them. And it makes practical and logical sense. The uniform of a police officer has evolved over time. You know, there was a point in time where some of our members will recall, and certainly our, our vets will, where police officers showed up to work every day in a tunic with a cross strap and wore a forge cap, even while in the police cruiser. Look at how the uniform has evolved to be more of a working uniform, yet the headdress never evolved with the uniform. So it was a matter of getting with the times and ensuring that our officers were provided with the necessary uniform and equipment that they felt was best to do their jobs. And then also trying to maintain uh, some of the tradition with the forge cap. As you know, we've outlined in policy the circumstances in which the forge cap 
forge cap will still be worn and it will still remain a very important part of our history going into the future as part of a dress article of our uniform and we've left it an option so for some of the more traditional uh, longer standing police officers like myself who's got a strong uh, affection for my forge cap uh, i'm not prepared to let it go and we've left that option for for our members but a very uh, i think a very positive and progressive move for the organization Thanks, Commissioner. Uh, Rob, you've spent the most of your career as a frontline officer, and you're in close contact with many frontline OPP members uh, across the province. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the ball caps? I like the ball caps. It's uh, very effective for operations. Wearing the ball caps is functional for our frontline members, and the OPP are very, is very supportive of this. I just want to thank the commissioner for listening to the members who have advocated for years to wear ball caps. And uh, this spring was uh, the turning point where we had that opportunity to don our ball caps uh, at a reduced cost as well. Um, it makes a big difference uh, paying the price of a ball cap or a peak hat. I do like the look of the traditional forage cap for the ceremonial reasons. And I agree with the commissioner. Sometimes there's a place for a ball cap and sometimes there's a place for a forage cap. And when we march in force with our forage cap on, it makes us look professional and what uh, I think what the people expect to see from a police officer. Commissioner, I want to change gears now and talk about uh, the OPP's fleet. We understand, I mean, there's been budgetary issues in the past and now with COVID, we're seeing shortages and supply chain issues. It's almost like the perfect storm in how it impacts the fleet. Uh, it was a big topic at the uh, annual general meeting uh, last month. I was wondering if you could comment on the strategy going forward for OPP fleet vehicles. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I'm sure there was no pun intended with changing gears, Josh. That was very well done. Never. Uh, and, <laughs> and we are looking to uh, to change gears as well to uh, to make sure that those aging vehicles, those unreliable vehicles, are again replaced on schedule. We were impacted by financial pressures that uh, led to one procurement process being delayed substantially. And then we ran into the impacts of, of COVID, of course, um, along with shortages that are being experienced by everyone who's tried to acquire vehicles or related products. Um, there was also a, a delay as it related to some of the mounting hardware that was needed for the equipment that goes into the cruisers. Um, so we look to be back on track here as, as we move forward. Uh, we've ordered approximately $18 million in uh, new frontline vehicles that uh, we're taking delivery of this year and next. So we look to get right back on track and we're certainly excited about the new platform, uh, the Ford F-150, that seems to be really well received uh, right across the province. Well, I know, uh, Rob, uh, I know that you're very passionate about uh the vehicle situation and I know that you used to be a Golden Helmets motorcycle team member and uh, an avid motorcyclist yourself and frontline supervisor uh, uh, with the OPP right up to your election as the president here and you've got a keen eye on the front line and vehicles and can you add your thoughts about the OPP fleet situation? The commissioner took away a bit of my thunder talking about the F-150 already but that's a great uh, the the frontline love the F-150. It gives you room to do so many things, pick up bicycles, pick up property, and it gives you room to, the Tauruses just weren't cutting it for members. So when you put on your vest and your, 
your gun belt and everything else. There just wasn't adequate room in the Taurus. I just want to add the one, uh, the the frontline vehicles uh, were a 60% sedan and 40% SUV. And now we're currently at 70% SUV and 30% sedan. So we're getting rid of the little Tauruses. Uh, eventually, hopefully we can get our members to mile them out and um, there'll be a thing of the past and we can move forward with uh, the F-150s and more of the SUVs to give the officers more comfort. Well, thanks, Rob. Um, you know, th those motorcycles up at the uh, the police memorials, so they've, they've always been a great attraction for my kids and that's kind of a segue into our next topic here. And uh, that is uh, something that both Commissioner Kareek and President Stinson are very passionate about, and that's the Ontario Police Memorial Foundation Ceremony of Remembrance, which is held annually in the area of Queen's Park in downtown Toronto on the first Sunday of May each year, and the Canadian Police and Peace Officers Memorial held on the last Sunday of September each year at Parliament Hill in Ottawa. And uh, past few years, uh, during COVID, we've had to do these events in an abbreviated fashion virtually. And um, gentlemen, I share both your passions about the attendance at these events. And the uh, the OPP have 110 officers who have died in the line of duty over the years. And um, this question is for the commissioner. How can we ensure maximum attendance at these events once they resume in person? And And can you comment on why these events are so important? Well, absolutely, Scott. And uh, before doing so, my compliments to you. You uh, referenced it in some initial comments that you made earlier, but you have long been a supporter of the police memorials, the provincial, the, the national. When both of us were with other police services, you were always a, a common figure at both of those memorials. Um, and I think that's where it starts, uh, by us leading the way, uh, encouraging colleagues to join us at the memorial, ensuring that our newest members are taught the history of the organization and the importance of these events. Um, they're not only important to recognize and remember the sacrifice that the members made, uh, but to ensure that their family members who continue to live that sacrifice each and every day uh, know that their their officers will never be forgotten and will continue to pay our respects to them. If we all just encouraged one person to attend with us, if we bring our families uh, to us when these events are back open and not under restrictions, we can't help but see an increase in attendance. And this year was very touching. I had the opportunity, as you know, Scott, to attend a very small ceremony on Parliament Hill with COVID restrictions, a virtual ceremony. You were there and the president was there and you were two of, uh, of only um, three or four people that stood quietly while every single name was read that's been engraved in the wall. And uh, that certainly impacted me and was a testament to each of you and your commitment to our officers and ensuring that they will not be forgotten. So, so thank you for that. And it's really important that, you know, before additional names are, are added for all the police services who are sitting waiting and us in particular waiting to add the name of Provincial Constable Mark Hoving, uh, that that's done at a time where we can gather in person and uh, properly and respectfully uh, add Mark's name to the wall. So thank you. That's uh, it was a very touching moment, and I just wish that everybody could have been there uh, to see that. Uh, 
you know, just so everybody knows, I was part of the live streaming crew. So I was in there doing that and watching Rob and uh, and the commissioner stand side by side, listening to these names was definitely uh, impactful. And thanks for being there, uh, gentlemen. Rob, over to you uh, for, for uh, comments on the memorials. I echo the comments on the Canadian and Ontario memorials and the importance to attend. I want to add that the OPPA will provide financial assistance to members to attend both the Toronto and the Ottawa memorials each year. I ask members to speak to your branch executive for more information. Both these memorials are suitable to bring your families and friends and they are open to the public. As you indicated Scott, I did ride the motorcycle in many of these memorials and it's a good feeling to see and hear the support of what we do every day from our leaders at the provincial level, at the federal level and also uh, comments from the general public and the spectators that are present. Also important is the relationship uh, be other, be other, between other police forces. So I go there, I run into guys from, and girls from Toronto and Edmonton and different police forces that I've been on course with in the past. So the relationships and, and every year you see the same group uh, there. It's so important that we support each other. In addition to these memorials, um, I think it's important to congratulate the Commissioner on, our le on the leadership and the creation of the OPP Suicide Memorial in uh, 2021 at Aurelia in front of the OPP General Headquarters. This is to honour our members who have died because of the line of duty. This has been long overdue and you have been a leader not only for the OPP but for law enforcement across the country on this issue. I also just want to acknowledge that this memorial is front and centre at General Headquarters. It's not tucked away in some corner. Um, the this, this suicide by our members, it's unfortunate, but we acknowledge them as well as we do with the members who have died in the line of duty. So it's, a, it's an important tribute to our members. Thank you very much for that acknowledgement, Rob. I, I greatly appreciate that and, and the role that uh, you and the association played in allowing us to uh, to establish the memorial. Commissioner, I want to uh, I want to talk about a subject I, I really just don't want to talk about, and I don't think anybody else wants to talk about much either, because uh, it's been a long twenty months now with the pandemic, and I was wondering if we could get your thoughts on as we're moving through the pandemic and hopefully the light is at the end of the tunnel on this, on moving forward for the OPP through the pandemic and through the end of it. Yes, uh, thanks, Josh. Uh, I too share your, uh, your optimism and enthusiasm looking towards uh, a safer environment for us to, to maintain our, our health and amongst COVID and the risk of COVID. Uh, we'll continue to do everything we can to provide the safest work environment for our member members through the access to PPE and the adherence to the, uh, the safe workplace policy that we've implemented. Uh, we've had a great response in terms of the rate of attestation by members and the cooperation uh, for those that are doing the antigen testing as required. Uh, we continue to thankfully have a very low rate of positive COVID cases in amongst the OPP in comparison to the general public or even other police services, which is a testament to the commitment to, of our members to ensure they're taking all precautions as necessary 
and we just hope that we'll be able to start gathering together in person again. I think that's an important part that we're missing as an organization. Those opportunities to build esprit de corps, to appropriately recognize people for their contributions through our award ceremonies. Um, that's a big part that I'm certainly looking forward to. And I would be remiss, Josh, if I also didn't highlight the outstanding and inspiring dedication of all of our members throughout COVID. You know, while the rest of the province has been in uh, the greatest health emergency of our lifetime, um, our officers were out in community every single day. They didn't miss a step didn't miss a beat. They continued to do our, their jobs. Our civilian support members continued to provide the, the support that's required to sustain our operations. I'm extremely proud of our members and I'm extremely grateful for a, a level of dedication of duty that is simply unparalleled. Thank you, Commissioner, for your comments on that. And Rob, I know that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has added huge stress to your first year as uh, president of the OPP Association. What are your thoughts for moving forward? It's a very fluid situation, as you know, Scott. Numbers are up, numbers are down. We have different variants. Another one's just been announced this week. We continue to work and advocate for our members to make sure that they have the proper PP&E, the proper tests in place to make everyone's workplace safe. And uh, echoing the commissioner's com comments, I just want to say thank you to all the frontline members and all the OPP um, civilian and uniform members that have worked hard throughout COVID, never missing a beat, um, for, right from our call takers, our dispatchers, and like I said, right down to our frontline. It's been great. Um, they haven't missed a beat. They've continued to provide service to, this, to the province. And uh, for that, again, I thank you. Finally, we have had on the podcast a number of guests on the theme of mental health. Uh, recently, we had Carl Dalton, CEO of Dalton Associates, uh, which powers the Encompass Mental Health, uh, excuse me, the Encompass Mental Wellness Program. Uh, we had KMH psychiatrist, Dr. Allison Crawford, and uh, we had Dr. Vivian Lee, the OPP's chief psychologist on the podcast as well. We've also heard from officers on the program speak of their own experiences, and we have more guests lined up for 2022 on that theme. Uh, Commissioner, to you first, uh, you're a big champion of mental health. What's your message to our members on that for 2022? Well, thank you, Josh. Uh, I think it's, you know, make ourselves a priority. Uh, look after yourself, look after each other. We've never seen a time in our history where there's been greater access to care through the OPPA Encompass program, um, through the Healthy Workplace team. As an organization, as individuals, we're doing our best to reduce stigma and break down those barriers for care. Uh, so look after ourselves, seek out the attention and care before we need it. Uh, make regular mental health checkups and check-ins a part of your overall health program and encourage others to do the same. Uh, be that supporting voice, that person to reach out when you notice a change in, in somebody's behavior, uh, check in, make sure they're doing okay and help them get the supports they need if they need them. And we've just got to continue to work together the organization and the association with one common focus, one common interest, and that's the health and wellness of our members. Uh, they need to be safe. They need to be healthy before we can ensure our communities are safe. Well, thanks, Commissioner. I couldn't agree with you more. 
uh, going to put that over to you, Rob. What are your thoughts on the situation of mental health in the OPP these days? We started our Encompass program just over, I'll say, a year and a half ago, and I don't want to time date our podcast, but it was uh, in March of uh, 2020. So I'm very proud of the almost 1,400 members and their families who have accessed and utilized the services of the Encompass Mental Health Wellness Program. I'm a true believer in this program, and it was championed by my predecessor, former OPPA President Rob Jameson. The services provided for both uh, awareness and professional and peer intervention are second to none. I encourage all of our members to use the resources available. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year rather. And uh, even in a crisis situation, I'll give you the number here to call. You can call the care navigators are available. It's 1-866-794-9117. I just wanna say that the Dalton and the OPP work diligently to maintain strictest confidentiality and get our members and their families the help that they need. Thank you to everyone who is involved professionally and through our peer support to help our members, including Boots on the Ground, OPP Beyond the Badge, Badge of Life Canada, and Wounded Warriors. They all do important work in support of our members. All of the contacts for these peer support organizations are listed on the Encompass website. And I just say, if you, like the commissioner said, if you see one of your peers were struggling, encourage them to reach out and try to fix the problem before it becomes a real issue. Thank you, uh, Rob, for your continued work on the Encompass uh, Mental Health Wellness Program. And it's definitely necessary and it's definitely making a difference for our members and we look forward to continuing the program long term. We're, uh, we're nearing the end of our podcast uh, today and uh, I'm going to turn it over to the commissioner here. Do you have any last words, commissioner? Uh, other than to say uh, thank you. Thank you to President Stinson. Thank you to the OPPA executive, Scott, and yourself, uh, as well as Josh, for all that you do for our members. And, and thank you to our members. Uh, you are solely and collectively responsible for the safety and security of our communities and this province. I'm very grateful for each of you for what you do. Um, in our communities each and every day. And I'd like to wish everybody a happy holiday season. And of course, be safe, look after yourself and look after each other. And President Stinson, last word for this episode to you. I just want to say thank you to all the members and staff. Um, you and your work is very much appreciated. Thanks to the commissioner for joining us today. And I'm looking forward to next year as we hopefully put these unprecedented times and this pandemic behind us. Happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas and happy and safe new year. OPP Commissioner Thomas Carrick, OPP Association President Rob Stinson, thank you both for joining us. We wish you and your families all the best of the season and a happy new year. And that is our episode for this week. New episodes usually drop on Fridays, but with the holidays coming up, we'll be releasing episodes on December 22nd and December 29th. All episodes are always available on our blog at oppa.ca slash media. And if you like what you hear, please use the subscribe button on your podcast platform so you never miss an episode. For Scott Mills, I'm Josh Chutris, and from everyone here at the OPP Association, thank you for listening and be safe.